welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I have none other than Potter Sauce, one of the great Sea of Thieves streamers over on Twitch, joining us today as we dive into some of the discussion around NAL, which is the Notorious Arena League, as well as uh, Sea of Champions, his, uh, his kind of venturing into Sea of Thieves as a streamer, and a good discussion on seasons as well as battle passes and if they're good enough for everyone. Let's get into it. First on today's docket, I need to make sure that I let the Patreons that are supporting me know how much I appreciate them. So I wanted to shout you guys out this episode. I really appreciate what you've done for the podcast. Chateau Neuf, thank you. Lumpy SRQ, thank you. Registellus, thank you. Rust Belt Kid, El Jefe Esteban, Big Bad Pad, Brett Bristow, Chris Johnston, Davram TV, and Cosmic Johnson. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you guys so much for supporting the podcast. It means a lot to me. And those of you who are hearing this know that you can become a Patreon. You can help support the content that I'm making. Uh, it's totally optional. The benefits are really just to help support me as a content creator. You get ad-free uh, episodes every week through Patreon. It's its own feed. So if you're hearing this and you don't like the the ads that I put in the middle of the show, the ads are there to try and get you good deals as well, too. But if you don't like those and you just want the ad-free experience, uh, the Patreon offers that uh, for you as well. There's also benefits for the uh, Discord as well as getting your name on the podcast as well. So thank you all so much. I love you. And let's get on with the interview. I guess first thing, let's get an introduction going. Um, who are you in the Sea of Thieves world? And I, I guess I'm really kind of curious, what drew you to uh, Sea of Thieves of all games? Well, uh, to introduce myself, I guess uh, my name is Potter Sauce. Uh, and I am a streamer on Twitch. And uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get a little bit more YouTube under my belt. It's difficult to actually break into the YouTube scene. But what attracted me to Sea of Thieves in the first place? Uh, I was playing a different game full time. Uh, Darwin Project, actually. It's an early access battle royale that never really got its footing in the scene. It was cool, it was fun, and it was, it was exciting, but it never really uh, exploded the way that I wanted it to. So I kind of like fell out of love with Darwin Project, and I needed a new game to fall in love with. And uh, I'd had my eyes on Sea of Thieves for a while, like watching Summit on uh, Twitch and watching a couple other streamers. And then I don't, I don't remember what exact specific point it was in Sea of Thieves development, but at a certain point, it just seemed like there was finally enough that it would be uh, enjoyable to actually sit down and play myself. So uh, a couple of my other friends from the Darwin Project community uh, gave it a try. I think I got, um, it was Game Pass that I got a free code off of. I got to try it out and I was like, okay, this game's actually really cool. And I've been hooked ever since. Nice. Yeah, it is. It's one of those games when it clicks, it clicks and it won't click for everyone. But the the moment when you actually jump in and you get to play around with the world and you're just like, oh, yeah, I see the potential. And oh, yeah, you just get to I think I think the first thing everyone kind of runs into is the oh, my God, the water uh, moment. And then after oh, that, when you're sailing and you start seeing those white caps and the way that it breaks on the bow mm -hmm. and it's it's just so real. Yeah. Yeah. The thing for me that immediately drew me in was the audio. The way that the world is so crafted, like you can hear birds off of the right-hand side 
you know, the whole world is crafted in such a way that when you're walking through in the Sea of Thieves, like it's so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll just randomly be areas where you'll you'll hear gusts of wind because you're like on a high plateau or just the way that uh, the sounds echo inside of caves and the way that they've done the sounds in the game. Uh, it just drew me in immediately. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but there's not really a whole lot of other games that give you that same level of experience. Yeah, the atmosphere is is beautiful. In, in the ambient noises are, are spot on. And that's, I think, I think the thing that really, really kind of drew me in from the start was I, I was definitely coming from the Nintendo Switch hype and I had been uh, playing since launch with uh, Zelda and I was, I was looking for that next game. You know, it was the first year uh, I had Zelda, you had Mario Kart, you had Splatoon, you had Mario Odyssey and it was, it was awesome. Oh, it was so like great. 2017 was a, was a high point for Nintendo and two th- 2018 was rolling around and I was like, all right guys, what's coming next? And they're like Yoshi. And I'm like, what's next? And they're like Donkey Kong. And I'm like, okay, cool. W- what's next? And they're like, what else? What else is next? Bayonetta on. one and two. And I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> What what's next? And they're like Kirby. I was like, oh my god, I'm done. I'm so over. And then I found Sea of Thieves, uh, thanks to streamers getting early access. And I was like, what is this Sea of Thieves? And as soon as I got in to the beta, after seeing people like loading cannons and firing cannons, I'm like, oh my god, this is Pirates of the Caribbean. This is exactly I've I've loved pirates my whole life. This is exactly what I wanted. So I know exactly how people feel that moment when they when they get hooked. And the reason I like to to find out like what got them in is because there's there's such a, a interesting history with Sea of Thieves that. I think anyone that has is really dove into the into the 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 minutia of it realizes that this game was not uh, as as critically received as it is now compared to you know like other games that that come out with high watermarks. You know, it's not like an anthem, but this game definitely needed a little bit of time to kind of find its groove. And uh, I'm curious as as we kind of talk a little bit more about it um, about some of your thoughts on on the future prospects of the game. Um, but with streaming this game, um, you've been pretty active in in the community. Uh, I know I followed you on Twitter a while back uh, as like one of the up and coming uh, CFE streamers, and I know you've been working towards your CFE's partner experience. Um, it's something that has eluded me because of the medium that I chose when I first started doing content for Sea of Thieves. But uh, as someone who's predominantly a streamer and working on YouTube, how do you feel about the the partner program? Um, has it been tough to to try and, and hit the numbers that they're asking, or or what are some of the things that are, are stopping you at the moment from being able to hit the hit the the uh, achievement of becoming a Sea of Thieves partner? Yeah. Really good question. Um, that's definitely been a priority of mine since I first got into the the scene coming from Darwin Project, where I was actually a Darwin Project partner, one of the first introduced into the game. So uh, definitely like having that under my belt, it was something that I've been hungry for since I started streaming into the into the community. But it's definitely not been easy. Um, it's I, I'm not really sure there's spillover effect from the community. It seems like there are a lot of big dogs in the community that uh, it, it, there's almost like a trickle-down effect. Uh, their communities will see other communities and then they spill down lower and lower. And where I'm at, it seems like on the directory, it's a little bit more difficult to gain that level of exposure to try and break out. 
so some of the things that I've been trying to do to get myself a little bit more recognized is I'm actually a caster and commentator, uh, and I've lended my abilities to uh, the Notorious Arena League for a full season and the grand finals of season two, as well as multiple times uh, Sea of Champions. I've gotten to do shoutcasting and commentating for them and uh, various other different communities. I've done events. Uh, and that's just been a way for me to try and get my name into the community because it's not something that a lot of people do. It's not really something that is, uh, I, I guess, like people don't actively go out and try mm -hmm. to be commentators that often. But Sea of Thieves is it's so unique and there's so much potential for casting and commentating, even just like in fun little mini games between friends that I, I was I yeah. was hooked from the yeah, get go. I, I definitely know. I've reached out to Sea uh, Champions and talked to Dread Pirate Doug uh, a couple times for Race of Legends. And um, the, the trouble that I've definitely mm -hmm. run into is, is uh, finding a good casting partner or being involved with the community. Um, my biggest trouble I've seen with those is, is where I've wanted to participate. A lot of the times it, it comes into the, the situation where I, I just don't have enough time in my week um, that is around the same time that everyone else is active uh, due to my, my work schedule. So hopefully uh, in the future that, that becomes right. less of an obstacle, I'll be able to participate. But um, let's, let's kind of touch on, uh, some of the things that I, I guess if folks are listening to this, um, with your streaming, are, are there certain things that you like to go out and do on like a daily stream when you head out onto the seas? Um, I, I more so focus on trying to complete commendations these days, but, uh, I, I can't really stop myself. If I see another boat, I have a tendency mm -hmm. to just beeline for them. Uh, I've been practicing my PvP a lot lately. Um, I've completed all of the Sea Dogs achievements since like Arena. I, I really got into it when it first was introduced, and then they, when they did the revamp of Arena 2.0, I chased down all of those commendations mm -hmm. like as quickly as I could. I, I do really enjoy the PvP aspect of Sea of Thieves, and like I understand and hear a lot of the complaints from the players, like especially being involved in the Notorious Arena League. I get to see arguably the best crews on the seas competing against each other on a regular basis and so i'm able to witness you know the the cannon bugs when they're able to uh, not reload and not able to fire because there's a jam or you know mass that you're trying to raise it but it just doesn't decide that it wants to raise like these these issues that happen but uh like the players that are playing at this high high caliber it's just it's amazing seeing them play uh and seeing them perform at like this high level and me being able to have this insight, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So um, are you more of the type that likes to board ships or are you more of the the helm or, or cannoneer? Or do you prefer to just uh, get equally balanced with all of aspects of, of PvP when you are jumping into it? Heavy cannons. I am absolutely the cannon guy. I, uh, mm -hmm. I pride myself in my aim. It can be pretty. F I've, I've had call people call me an aimbot before. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, I don't know. I just, I hit the shots when they need to be hit. Um, I can flex, I can like, you know, navigate the helm. I'm good at making calls and anticipating the needs of my, uh, my crewmates. Like if I know that someone's going to be, uh, off a cannon pretty soon, cause they've shot a lot and I'll have an opportunity to take up on their cannon. Uh, just having that kind of forethought. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah, my I, I can definitely relate to there. Uh, I, I, I can flex on board when, 
needed, but there are definitely better boarders uh, in, in crews that I sail with. And I love helming, but I absolutely love the cannons uh, when, when they're working properly because some of my favorite times yeah. are those those long range those those uh you know uh, what do they call it in, in football i can't the, the the hail mary hail mary thank you i couldn't pull that for yeah. some reason yeah, i love the, tossing it deep yeah i love the hail mary chain shots and when they hit it's just like mm, the satisfaction yeah you f- just little chef's kiss finger ooh it's just so nice it's great you feel like one of those uh skeletons on islands and you're just like how did they even <laughs> hit me they're clearly cheating and then you realize oh yeah the code determines whether it's a hit before it even fires uh forgot about that you you never stood a chance punk yep it was all determined before <laughs> <laughs> this was all laid out before but, you even knew. and you just get so lost in the immersion like you're 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 a pirate in a pirate game yeah you know yeah it goes back to the the way that they've created this game it's just so easy to forget that you're playing a game. That's honestly how it goes when I am playing. Cause I, I, I mean, I've, I've picked my character the way it best resembles who my pirate would be if I was a pirate back in those times. But, uh, yeah, I had a, God, I had a beautiful moment. Uh, just the other night I was, I was sailing with some friends and we were going up, uh, onto, we were in a brig and we were going up against a, a sloop that we just wanted to sink to see what they got. Cause they had, a, I think they had a reaper's chest on them. And it's that moment where you're sailing with them and you you get a, a, a cannon shot and you see the hit marker for the person. You're like, I bet I just knocked them off. So you go for the, can, the chain shot. I nailed the chain shot. And as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, jump in the cannon. Let's go. And I shot out, got onto their ship locked it down and uh, uh the guy had been far enough away from when he got knocked off to when i dropped anchor that he didn't have time to get back and it was just it's moments like that in this game that are the most satisfying when you know you've executed everything that you you needed to do perfectly and everything just worked and it was like the most satisfying sync you get in in the game and it's like oh. it's like when you stack 50 dominoes in a row and then you finally put down that last one and tip them yep. and you just watch them go. You you sit back with your arms folded and you're like, yeah, I did it. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> I love those <laughs> I totally moments. get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So it's those kind of moments that I just, I sail for those moments. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, and, and you tend to see those a lot in, in NAL and, and, uh, see champions and stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. There are so many moments where one player will board. And I mean, we're talking, these are extremely competent players. They all are communicating so effectively. Like if there's someone in the water 50 feet away, they'll know they'll have three eye of reach is pointed at it and one cannon pointed at where they think the next guy is going to be coming from. Like they're so on top of their game. It's crazy. Yeah. And so when you see this one guy go flying and land perfectly on board, drop the anchor and frag three on the top deck, you just kind of sit back and say like, wow. Yeah. Just happen to know exactly how to play the situation now. And being able to have that judgment is essential in sea thieves i think it's what separates it's one of the beauties of the game not having a uh, level progression for power and having that that vertical progress or that horizontal progression line where you don't grow in power you're literally just growing in experience but that experience yeah. is what separates uh crews who live and die and i i see i see the potential for that um I know you wanted to touch on a couple of things with uh, NAL and, and Arena. Um, I'm, I'm curious, 
to get your perspective on this because I have long been recorded as saying that I'm fine if they delete Arena because they never invested what they will, what they should have done with it. Uh, the, it, it compared to what I wanted, um, what I wanted for arena was very clear. I wanted different modes. I wanted to have an introduction for like capture the flag type modes or, uh, like skull balls, a perfect example of a mode that would be great for arena. Um, I've wanted like beacon brawlers, but on multiple islands where you have to go capture beacons on multiple islands and you have to hold them to gain time until you hit a certain time limit and having your crew sail between islands and trying to leave someone behind to defend it or just try and sail through and capture as many as you can while dealing with other crews to me is amazing. Arena has been stagnant for the first year and for the second year. Um, Joni eventually came out and said that they're discontinuing development with that. I think a lot of that was a result of the lead for that team leaving the company and them not having a solid fit for what they wanted Arena to be. Um, I'm curious, with Arena in its state right now, um, do you see groups like NAL or CA Champions, uh, Dread Pirate Doug, things like that, do you see them being able to to sustain their content as a result? I think that that's a very interesting question. And I think that it's interesting in a couple ways because uh, we have a really dedicated community of players in the NAL. And what we see in the NAL is... is um, it's less about, I guess, like the the arena and in its broken state, like we hope that it's changed. We hope that, you know, new introductions are going to come. We know that that's not going to happen. What we have is we have players that have found a way to enjoy the game and try and like be the best that they can, despite the arena kind of is in the state that it is. I think it's it's kind of disheartening in a fact, in a sense that um they they had this project, uh, the arena, the game mode, and the way that they've kind of tied it into the lore and they tied it into the real world by adding arena rock in the middle of the world. But I, I wish that it, you know, I wish it turned into something more. Obviously, myself being so heavily invested in it, I think that it, there's still such a uh, there's enough people in the community that want something like the NAL to continue, that want something like Steve Champions to continue, that we will absolutely keep creating content and that. I think it's going to just keep getting better and better. Uh, but I mean, we'll see, you know, maybe it has an expiration date. Maybe, uh, maybe some of the other communities will decide that uh, they don't want to keep creating content in that same way. I, I don't really know for sure, but I, I think that the community itself that we have is strong enough and is dedicated enough that they're going to keep loving the NAL and they're going to keep playing for as long as it exists, I guess. So I guess where I want to see some some uh, discussion around is in, in well, 2021 is just barely begun. We're just past the first week. So there's lots of room for us to find out more information about custom servers. But do you think that custom servers may serve a better uh, venue for companies like NAL or companies like uh, or not companies, but you know what I mean when I say that um, uh, armadas or, or fleets of people who are looking for that kind of arena fill and using in vein with uh, like Rogue Legend, Le uh, Rogue Legends Legacy. I know Rogue Legends um, 
or race of legends i'm sorry race of legends race of legends where they're using custom servers to facilitate their their events um do you see nal or sea champions being able to transition to that that venue as opposed to relying on arena in its current state knowing that adventure will have more development focus and attention and subsequently that will transition to the custom server since the code base is the same Well, because I know that they are working on uh, the custom private servers because they have access already, partners and uh, like NAL. We do operate on the, the like the custom private servers, um, so they are they are working and they all you know function in the way that we need them to for NAL and for Sea of Champions, like being able to secure multiple boats right away and not have to. Uh, you know, hope that people will cooperate in trying to secure a fleet. Because if anyone's ever tried to secure a fleet in Sea of Thieves before, it's not as easy as people might think. You know, there's literal other people playing on their boats that may not want to cooperate on the server. And so there's always a gamble in what the private servers that we have uh, right now, they just allow us to queue in right away, uh, whether we want Arena, whether we want, you know, the, the regular adventure mode and just have all of those boats and players on the crew in the same server ready to go. What I hope happens is they take what they've got right now and they expand on it and let us have a little bit more of what you were saying, like the ability to create custom games on a private server, but still using the same rules and mechanics that are in place for Sea of Thieves for us to, you know, expand on and, and have our own fun little creative spins, like having those zone capture modes or having the uh, skull ball modes where you're objective is now to get a skull up into the opponent's crow's nest and maybe having a free cam for players like myself to be able to spectate from inside the game itself and not have to rely on uh, Twitch streams to watch or, you know, uh, player footage through uh, stream on Discord or whatever. Because, like, there's always a problem with that. You know, if there's a delay, uh, my commentating is going to come out at a different time than my co-commentators and it's just not going to make sense if i'm commentating five seconds in the past yeah when they're commentating at the same so like there's a lot of hope that i have for the future of like the custom game modes inside of sea of thieves and i mean it's, it's a huge uh market obviously like we saw uh dota become the way that it is as a custom game mode out of warcraft like people made it out of the the game people are very creative and i hope that Sea of Thieves gives us the opportunity to take their their tools and take their game and you know make our own little fun mini games like we have in the communities like Race of Legends and with with uh, NAL and whatnot. I hope that happens. I really do. It's interesting that you bring up Dota as an example because um, I think one of the troubles that you run into is we're expecting or hoping that uh, rare takes the feedback from the arena uh, folks that love to have these custom matches or have these these matches in this mode or the custom server people where they are uh, looking to try and do these and we're hoping that rare will implement that into the game um with dota it's interesting because the community did build that mode out of uh, an rts as opposed to an actual moba and created the genre uh but that those people actually had to go off and make their own game to facilitate uh, that desire. And it was not Blizzard who facilitated that mode. In fact, they, they quickly realized that 
they they missed an opportunity on making Dota their own. And when they subsequently tried to do it on their own, were so late to the market that it didn't um they that they they didn't catch the market at its peak and games like League of Legends and Dota 2 had sucked up the market for uh people's attention and they subsequently had to close their esports team uh or their esports side of that aspect uh for that game because of uh them just being so late to the game and League of Legends and Dota have since still ruled that area so um, do you think uh, if if Rare is not able to help facilitate the uh, NAL in the way that they, they're hoping that they will try to go to games like Blazing Sales, where arena mode is the the main function of that that game, or if and when uh, Skull and Bones ever comes out from Ubisoft, if if that is still the arena battle mode that they're doing, that NAL will look to other games for that type of uh, itch for for that competitive nature. Maybe I the the thing with NA, I mean, there's there's always communities that will kind of blossom around video games. That's just kind of how it works. Like with with like Dota, there was the massive esports community that's exploded. And now you have bajillions of teams that make bajillions of dollars. And that's just kind of how it happened. Like if Blazing Sales ever gets out of early access, never gets launched and gets a foothold in the industry, I wouldn't be surprised if a competitive variant uh, pops out. And then, you know, you, you see something similar to the NAL or you see something similar to the NCS and League of Legends, or you see something similar to, uh, you know, any kind of competitive format like i think people just like competition it's just it's fun to see who the best of anything are so if i mean if if the game stagnates and and you know no development happens i think it's pretty it's pretty much a given that people aren't really going to want to continue to play it but as long as there are people that are still enjoying it uh get, take like uh super smash melee for example yeah that game's been out for a bajillion years I keep saying bajillion. That game's been out <laughs> for a really long time. And the community is still alive, but it doesn't receive, you know, updates. It doesn't receive any uh, love or attention from the creators. But yet it still is able to thrive and it's still able to be enjoyable and people still are able to, you know, get whatever satisfaction level they want out of it. Like, I, I personally enjoy commentating for the NAL because i just like being with the nal i think they're a fantastic group of people uh that do really great work and it's you know it's not just one person that's in charge it's a lot of people that are, are putting in a lot of time and effort to try and make it fun for everyone involved in the league mm -hmm. um, facilitating scrim nights on the regular uh you know being there to help referee and be impartial to help to help make decisions fair uh, there's a, there's a lot of love and care that goes into it, and so for me, it's it's just fun to be a part of the whole collective. Like it's fun to be a part of the team. Yeah. But like, back to your question, if the game doesn't ever receive any more updates or love, and if they don't ever create uh, something for us to continue playing, like I, I'm sure they will, though. To be honest, like they've said they're going to be working on private servers. Mm -hmm. And they've given us a private server in a sense. So to think that they would just leave it at that, I, I, I think that's silly. I think they're going to give us something more. So the, the reason I, I touch on this um, is because I wanted to, to dive into a topic that we're that I'm, I'm going to be covering. I'm sure you'll be diving into it as well as the end of the month. We're getting seasons, uh, which mm -hmm. is is purely for adventure mode. Um, and as far as I can tell, I, I haven't 
seen anything said officially about whether or not arena will be included with uh progression for your renown on that um but until until it comes out you know who's to know what they will and won't activate uh for the time being uh with the seasons being predominantly for adventure mode it feels like they are doubling down on adventure being the the main through line for their um infrastructure for their development costs for their their security for for being able to keep the game running everwild is is on the precipice of being launched um in the next year or so and that will be another income revenue for rare uh, and microsoft so looking at it from a business perspective um rare is setting themselves up to be on a good track to continue progressing the way say like destiny does where it comes out with content and seasons and those are what project it forward as far as uh, a monetary gain um if arena is kind of left as its own mode it's not really removed it's not really added to um i'm, I'm kind of wondering where private servers are, are going to to be able to help out with that and i and i question if arena will still be something that will garner attention from the devs considering how their time is going to be split uh on developing seasonal content as well as supporting private servers and making sure that those are running fine and anyone that might be doing double duty for everwild if uh those ten if those teams aren't completely segregated well, so they're not doing any more development on Arena. Like, they've said that. So there's not going to be anything new for Arena. What we have is what we have. And we've got uh, Sloop. We've got Galleon. So uh, any, any hopes that the community maybe had for, like, a Brigantine Arena or different Arena modes like that, it's not going to happen. Uh, that's, that's very much obvious. What we do hope, like, maybe the custom servers will allow something similar to, like, say, uh, how Halo you got the custom games in Halo, and it's a lot different from the main story mode. You can now do crazy stuff like uh, Griff Ball, and you can smash each other around with hammers and just get wild. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the custom game mode for Sea of Thieves allows a little bit more content like that and less you know, manipulation of Arena and what Arena is. I very firmly believe that what we have with Arena is what we have with Arena, and it's going to stay that way. They're not going to change it in any way, shape, or form. The only thing they might do in the future is remove it. I don't know if they will or not, because I'm, I'm not a partner. I don't know what their plans are. But, I mean, for as long as Arena is around, there's going to be people that enjoy it. Yeah. That, I think that, pop, that population is smaller than the amount of people that enjoy just you know looting and plundering on the old seas and finding athena stacks and just like the good old adventure vibe there's a, a way more people that enjoy that good adventure vibe but i think as long as there are people that enjoy uh arena and that level of competition that you can't really see in the open seas then you know we'll still be rocking we'll still be having fun right so i guess i'm i'm just thinking uh i i couldn't i can't really see with seasons being their their plan for the future um them ever coming back to arena and and i was just thinking because uh there was some some thoughts about whether or not they would actually delete i i don't think they'll ever delete arena i, I think that they're very keen on keeping old content because it's already in the system there's already achievements tied to it and they that would be a, a big mess to try and remove uh for for future iterations um if arena was to get 
worked on in the future uh what are some of the the top level things that you would you would prefer that they bring before anything else well i mean the biggest thing that needs to be fixed is hit registration across the board because as long as you have competitive players that are able to showcase their ability to hit you know a microsecond flick shot and get ridiculously precise aim like those those top 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 tier players mm -hmm. as long as there are those players out there that have the ability to showcase their ridiculous talent like i think people will always be interested in seeing that you know like and so what we have with the nal and having multiple teams that have won i don't know how much you know about the nal but there was one team that literally won the first uh like two seasons in a row back to back no three three peat winners they won the first three seasons qrf mm -hmm. they literally won the first three seasons and then this past season season four they were contested or they weren't contested they didn't play but they uh didn't win the title obviously uh, it went to a different team so uh, i think it's it's cool being able to see like those really good players now that they have established themselves you know on the seas whenever you see them on the seas they have those notorious arena league sales it's like whoa okay this is there's someone special here this is kind of cool yeah i think that that's more more so than anything that's like the the main prize for anyone in the nal it's not really its own like separate subsection of you know steve thieves where you can only like nal if you like arena there are people that can see uh the nal sales that you earn as a prize in the main game and and appreciate that like there's a lot of collectors who can appreciate uh there's this really cool rare uh, item in the game that you can only get by being a winner from some of these competitions. So mm -hmm. I think that that will always be exciting for a lot of players. So I I have to push back on the the hit registration because um, I I feel like that's a I feel like that's a goal that just isn't going to happen. Um, that's something that they've been working on. It's been something that they've been trying to fix. Every time they think they fixed it, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's actually fixed. There's still evidence that it's not working. Um, just given the nature of the actual game code itself and the design that they've done and the the the, uh, the sacrifices they've had to make with Unreal 4, I don't see that ever getting fixed to a point where people will be happy with it. It's it's like the lofty goal um, that, I, that I, I just can't see happening. Is there something that could, is there, I, I guess, what I'm asking is, is will something like Briggs or uh, like a free camera for for spectator mode, would things like that be a better draw um, than having to rely on? Because I, I, I think most people can be 100 percent honest with themselves and saying that you're never going to get um, a Call of Duty or or uh, like a Rainbow Six Siege out of sea of thieves uh the the game the game is just not designed to be that type of a shooter um regardless of of how much people want it to be uh so I, i'm looking for ways that might in interest arena players or interest people to arena um that will actually kind of drum up the type of interest or or uh, viewability to give a better case for why Sea of Thieves in arena or like competitive events like the NAL uh, should have more attention from the devs? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I think that that ship has sailed. 
And that has been proven by the fact that the dev lead and the whole dev team for Arena are not working on it anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think like any pipe dream for what we might want for new content for Arena, it's just pointless. Like the, the biggest thing that I think is holding back Arena and especially any competition for Sea of Thieves is the fact that you can have a guy board your ship and you can have your whole team shoot him over and over and over again. And that guy can still hit your anchor and he can still wipe your whole team. That alone makes it so that it is completely unviable as a competitive game. And until that gets fixed, a lot of the players that are these really, really high tier, high caliber players that come from CSGO, that come from, uh, you know, these really competitive games that understand the game at a very high tier, they're not interested in playing it anymore. You know, the guys that won seasons one, two, three of an NAL, they're not interested in playing anymore because Sea of Thieves in its it just doesn't feel fun to them anymore. Mm -hmm. They need that level of responsiveness that Sea of Thieves isn't able to give them. So if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think that competitive Sea of Thieves has really a whole lot of hope for garnering hope from anyone, the devs, the community, a lot more than what we already have uh, without desperate attention and need for fixing hit registration because it's just, it's such a colossal problem. Hey there, fans. I hope you guys are having a great day and a great time right now. I hope you're enjoying the, the episode so far. I did want to let you guys know about audiobooks.com. Right now, if you head over to the show notes, you'll actually find a link for all of the sponsors, but audiobooks.com will help you get smarter. You can pick three audiobooks for free, including two VIP books if you sign up. And if you want, you can always listen to those books, return them if you don't like, check out different things as they come along. And with the paid subscription, you'll get a new audio credit to use for another book the next month. So head over to audiobooks.com for your first three books for free using the link in the show notes. Yeah. And it's so much like it's the problem is people don't really understand what they're saying when they're saying fix hit reg. They're just kind of saying it because everyone else is saying it. But the underlying problem is actually such a huge problem that it creates a lot of, uh, you know, you, you get these really high talented players that understand the issue and are trying to help by uh, like saying what the issue is. And people don't understand what they're saying. They're just kind of repeating it over and over. And that gets. You know, it. I, I don't really know how to explain it better than that, but it's like this kind of mob mentality of uh, someone says it once and it's the right answer, but then people keep saying it over and over again. So now it's like so annoying that you don't even want to like breach the subject, if you know what I mean. Well, I I'll push back. I have to push back a little bit on that because I I mean, there's definitely times where I think most people understand that hit registration is pretty straightforward. I think most people understand what they mean to it uh anyone you know trying to shoot a, a a person swimming a keg out to your ship with a eye of reach and having it hit but not actually explode can understand the, the feeling that that feels and and know that that's an issue um i think the 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 trouble comes in is is that the way that rare has has been working on the azure servers the way that the code has been modified from unreal engine 4 that at this point it's almost it's it's going to break more things than it's worth 
then to, to be able to fix that. So I guess in this instance, um, if NAL is going to continue, they have to concede that uh, hit registration bugs are going to be part of the game. And at- oh, we have long time ago. We accepted that. Yeah, that's just we we all accepted that. You know, we accept we love the game for what it is, bugs and all. You know, we we love it for the flaws. We don't. There's no one in the community that that thinks that it's like this perfect game that's got nothing wrong with it. And there's also no one that thinks that they're going to magically start fixing it. Like everyone that plays arena knows that it's not going to be changed. They're done. It's, it's not getting any more love. And the complicated issue of hit registration is so ridiculously complicated that it's not just going to be an overnight fix. Yeah. However, the game can't progress until it gets fixed. So we're kind of at this, like we're stuck, you know, it's this catch 22 of competitive players want more. And the devs are like, uh, well, <laughs> we want to give you more. However, so like we we play it because we love it, right? That's that's the the whole reason we play Sea of Thieves is because we love it. And what we've done is we've created a small sub community of people that just enjoy arena and want to see it uh, at a high com- competitive level. Given the nature of the game, pirates, blunderbusses, black powder, you know, weapons, things like that. Um, the refinement that comes with modern day weapons uh, is is definitely lacking. Um, is a lot of the the mishaps that occur with the game uh, what, because it's in you know it has bugs. Every bu- every game does. Uh, are those something that can be talked around because they fall more in line with the idea of it's a pirate game that takes place in a time when guns are not as accurate they're not as as uh trustworthy as weapons are nowadays in real life i don't really understand the question are you asking me if if we should give the guns a pass because they shouldn't technically be historically accurate essentially yeah like like having having hit reg issues is is the main issue but we're using weapons that aren't um a hundred percent accurate all the time given the nature of their design at the time that they were included in the world uh so do, do you think that accepting that hit reg is an issue and uh looking for bigger bigger goals with uh competitive gaming uh, or competitive sea of thieves would be a better a better thing to broach the broach with the the actual devs in this instance like are are the is the nal looking for something other than hit reg to get fixed i don't know that nal is looking for anything in particular i think that nal is just happy to do what they're doing and uh are just you know enjoying the game as it is gotcha. I, there's there's as far as i'm aware and I, I can't really speak for the NAL. I only commentate right. uh, the matches for, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not really involved in the back end behind the scenes process uh, and operation of the NAL or Sea of Champions or any other organization for that matter. But uh, I think honestly, like they just keep running tournaments. They just keep running uh, the seasons because people like watching mm-hmm. and there's not really any any hope or desire for anything to get changed or fixed or added I, I mean, a spectator free cam would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, having been a commentator in other video games, having the ability to be inside the game and control my own free cam is fantastic. So, I mean, hey, can you imagine if if you got to be a little bird flying around in Sea of Thieves and just get that top 
top-down view of all of the fights, the cannons going on and the the firebombs, that would be amazing. Yeah. I, I would absolutely love that if they added a free cam. Yeah. Yeah. If they were gonna add anything to the NAL or to Sea of Thieves that they don't have right now, I want a free cam. Mm. I would I would go for that as well as a photo mode. Uh I would love to have a, a way to be on oh, a private yeah. server be able to do what I want on a private server, have friends join in, create scenarios, and then try and capture like the, the cinematic, uh, feel of, of a film in Sea of Thieves and, and be able to capture that moment. Um, cinematic mode would be, well, it'd just be fantastic. Yeah. 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 That'd be a good one. Uh, single player games really have a one up on that cause they don't have to rely on servers or other people running around getting in the frame and stuff. Um, Absolutely. So I, I guess in this instance, uh, as we look forward to the future of Sea of Thieves, um, seasons are kind of the big question on everyone's mind. Uh, are there? Are, do you think that seasons are going to be the way to go? Uh, do you do you feel confident with how seasons are playing out as far as what we know? I'm not your average everyday Fortnite guy. You know your. Uh, destiny player i i do play destiny too but i'm not really one that loves the season model i mean i understand companies need to make money but i i just think understanding sea of thieves and the way that they use their cosmetics and especially the way that they've been operating the black market for the past couple months mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the rewards that they roll out with seasons are things that uh, i myself and many other players like a already have and B, like probably never even wanted in the first place as far as cosmetics. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't love the idea of seasons. I'll have to see it to get a proper opinion of it. Like, it's difficult for me to, to give like an actual review on it before I've ever seen it. I can speculate, but I don't love seasons myself. I, I'd never really liked the concept of a battle pass. It seems like a battle pass to me. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and I and I I know that there's going to be a free tier. Uh, we know that there's going to be a paid tier. So regardless of whether or not you you want to buy into the season, you will be participating in it. Um, it sounds like a battle pass, like every other like Clash Royale mobile game battle pass. Like you've got, you know, Fortnite battle pass. You get a free side and then you get the the paid side that also gives you the free side yeah that's my that's my guess and i i don't love that model okay uh well given given that that disposition on it um how does sea of thieves maintain its servers in this instance uh because at the moment the pirate emporium is the only way that they can monetize the game beyond the original purchase and the, the amount of content that they've added typically would have been expansions or dlc that people would have had to purchase but they want to maintain that level of equality with everyone experiencing the same type of thing no one wants to be out in the season have someone battling flame heart in the middle of the ocean and wonder why there's a, a crew out in the middle of nowhere shooting cannons at things they can't see so uh if seasons aren't aren't the thing that you feel most confident about um how does sea of thieves maintain its server system i don't have an answer to that question jeez that's a big question <laughs> so that's i have no idea how they managed to acquire all the money they got in the first place to develop a video game i myself have a very difficult time trying to acquire money i need so mm -hmm. how how companies do what they do to get the money they need i have no idea but i believe in rare i believe in their ability to get it done 
they've done it before. They've been uh, getting it done for a very long time as far as, you know, acquiring funds to make video games and make things happen and afford servers. So I, I believe they'd figure it out, but mm-hmm. I just don't love seasons. It's a me thing. I never have. I've never loved the concept of a battle pass. It just feels lame, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, if you're going to give me rewards, give me rewards that I want is kind of the way that I feel about it. Like, don't give me rewards that A, I don't want in the first place and B, like maybe I already have. Okay. So you know what I mean? Like a lot of the time when they do these seasons, they do the battle pass. It's just uh, a lot of like almost fluff just to fill the need of having like the levels. They just need stuff to put in the levels to give the players. And a lot of the time it's not anything significant or like of value. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, okay. So I guess, uh, I guess I, I would like to get a little more background. Um, on how you typically go with your your Sea of Thieves experience. Are you one that generally partakes in the the Pirate Emporium? I don't myself unless I get uh ancient skeleton. Mm-hmm. Uh if I have, you know, the luck to find an ancient skeleton in game then I will uh definitely splurge in the store, but I'm not one who uh, you know, every content update goes and buys the newest latest pet or whatever. I got uh a couple pets, but if that's one of the reasons why I really wish that I was a partner is because partners just straight up get hooked up right away with uh, ancient coins and give, uh, giveaways for their community. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that people love giveaways. Yeah. So I, I guess in that instance, um, instead of having to, to kill enough ancient skeletons to earn $30 worth of uh, ancient coins to be able to pick up a livery set that you really want, um, if you could get you know, 50% of the required cost and pick up a battle pass or the plunder pass as they're calling it and earn your way to that content, uh, knowing that whatever level you're currently at up until the end of the season, uh, you'll retroactively get all of that content once you actually buy the plunder pass, um, knowing that you could potentially get content from the Pirate Emporium at a cheaper introductory cost. Would that be appealing for you at that point? Uh, I, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I think you'd basically just describe, describe the battle pass experience to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no, because that's, that's kind of what the battle pass experience is. I, I just don't love the whole concept of getting this track system that you have to work your way down. You have to buy in and then like, I'm going to be playing the game enough to complete it. I probably will be playing the game enough to complete it well before everyone else i just play this game way too much yeah and so like myself and all the other people like myself who play you know way too much i i just worry that the the battle pass system will be enough because every time i've played a game that has a battle pass system that i play it as much as i do i clear through that battle pass way 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 before the season is over and then i'm left just wanting more and it just feels like I've wasted my investment where I could have saved that money and maybe gotten something more specific, more focused that I wanted down the line instead of a lot of things that I didn't want or didn't need in the first place or already had and then blew my way through uh, a season. Like That's my personal experience with battle passes. I know a lot of other people don't play as much as myself. They don't have the opportunity to sit and play Sea of Thieves you know, 8 to 10 hours uh, multiple times every 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 week so for a lot of people it makes sense having the ability to pay 
less than the overall price and gain more uh, and, and have the uh, developers gain money off of it. Myself as a consumer, I just don't like it. Gotcha. So I, I'm, you, you've, uh, you mentioned that you tend to blow through the season pass um, well before the end of the season or left wanting at the end. Um, is there much difference if you don't buy the bundle plant or the, the plunder pass and still wanting more, uh, more at the end of it? Uh, I, I'm curious what, what drives you if, um, if you say that you want more at the end of a season pass, uh, if you don't pick up the, the pass in the first place. Well, then I'm obviously just dissatisfied. I, I would rather they did, did something other than a season pass. Mm. I just don't like season passes. I just don't like the model. It just seems lazy, I guess. Interesting. Every company does it. Fortnite's been doing it. Uh, Rocket League does it. I, you could list 50 different games that have done a battle pass system. It just, it's, it's old hat. I don't like it. I would like something new, refreshing, and inventive. I don't know what that answer is. I have no idea what it is. I'm not smart enough or creative enough to create that new, next, fun, crazy, cool thing. But as a consumer, I want it. I want that next, new, uh, fun, exciting thing. I'm just, I, I'm tired of the Battle Pass experience. Interesting. So for, from my perspective, um, I, I look at the Battle Pass as a way to cheaply introduce content from a, a, a microtransaction store that I don't necessarily want to have to dump $40 into every month uh, when I want to pick up all of the emotes, the new pets, the the ship livery sets, the cannon flares. Uh, all of those things are enticing every time they've come out with new content. Um, I just can't monetarily justify that expense uh for me and and when i see a battle pass i see the potential of having a fixed cost over a set amount of time with clear goals the sacrifice is time versus cost uh the buying that stuff outright is more expensive than if i go in at the cheaper introductory cost and promise to myself that I will earn that content uh, by by engaging with the game more throughout the three months than if I were just to log in day one, drop the $40, get all of the content, and then not log on for another two months. Um, it's hard to know what would be the perfect ideal system for everyone. Obviously, everyone would just rather have everything for free or earnable. Earn be able to earn it in game uh, through through normal normal means and currency and not have to pay extra money for things. But um, looking at it from a, a, a company perspective, there has to be a way to monetize to to maintain uh, the servers, to maintain the development costs for it. And I'm, I'm curious what detracts people from things like a season pass, what detracts people from uh, buying stuff in the, the, the ship or in the actual Pirate Emporium um, that hurts Rare's ability to continue maintenance uh, in development for the game. Um, any, any feedback on that or any thoughts that, that you can think of? I'm going to sound like an old man here. But back in my day, when you bought a game, you got the game. That's what you got. You got the disc and you got everything that came with it. It's crazy to me that nowadays uh, you can buy a game and then a couple weeks later you can spend, you know, another half of the value of that game on that very same game for just more stuff in the game. 
Uh, and then, you know, another couple weeks comes along and they've released more new stuff in the game that you spent money on already to buy the game. And then now you're wanted to buy more things in the game that you spent. Like, it just, it blows my mind. Like, you just keep spending and keep spending and keep spending. Mm -hmm. I would love to buy the game and then play the game and enjoy the game and then just not have to pay more and continue to pay more. I, I love unlocking things. I love when I spend a lot of time, like uh, Arena for me, I thought it was very fun. I spent a lot of time doing Arena. I busted out all of the commendations. I got all of the titles. It was fun. I really liked uh, unlocking all the different ship parts. The more I spent in Arena, the more I got out of it. I thought that that was a great system. And I've always liked that about Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. You level up your, your factions, you get fun new rewards. I don't love the microtransaction system. I've never liked it in the first place, to be perfectly honest. So how you know are developers supposed to continue to keep supporting themselves off of the gamers? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, really, because I'm not a developer. I'm a consumer. I'm a gamer. Right. And uh, I've been buying and playing games for a really long time. And it's just, it's still difficult for me to wrap my mind around the need to constantly keep spending and spending on the same game over and over again like i mean on one hand i can understand being a part of a fandom and wanting to buy you know stuff that relates to that fandom and that that's like totally in and of itself but when the game wants you to keep spending more and more on it with the battle passes and with the microtransactions and with this emporium store and it's like where where's the line like when is it too much well i think i think options are the are the goal here um you said you jumped in uh, after the game had launched, right? Mm -hmm. uh, was it? Was it? I started playing about about a month before the year one update. Okay, so about a month before the one year update. So if Sea of Thieves had not had the good faith of of working on the game post launch, if they had built a game and shipped it in the state that it was when it came out, March twentieth, nineteen or twenty eighteen, um, you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it because. I guarantee you I wouldn't have enjoyed it. That's why I didn't play it for as long as I did. And I think it's 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 different because it's a live service model game. It's different than the disc games. So like I understand that you're trying to say like you can't compare the two, but at the same time like do I still need to keep spending and spending and spending? Well, it's it's up to anyone. It's it's not up to rare to tell you how much you have to spend. It's up to rare to entice you to spend. They they're not telling you how much you have to spend. They're they're saying, hey, we have this stuff. We're charging for it because you've been enjoying everything in this game beyond the initial cost of the game for free. And every update that that, that we have given, all the things that enticed you to play it before that that one year anniversary, um, all of that was on their bill. And they're not asking you to uh to spend more money on it they're saying or they're they're asking you to spend more money on it if you want to they're not saying that you have to spend more money if they wanted to they could have charged additional costs for the hungering deep dlc the curse sales dlc the the forsaken shores dlc the shrouded Go or the shrouded spoils dlc they could have charged you extra money for the anniversary update if they wanted to but it wasn't until six months after the game had hit its one year anniversary that they even introduced pets and ship livery sets as a microtransaction so for a good year and a half 
no one had to pay anything or could pay anything beyond the initial cost of the game. And by the time microtransactions were even introduced, it was already at half cost on on most uh, markets from like Best Buy or, or GameStop, things like that. So you didn't even have to pay the full price. So if people, you know, when you, when you say what's, you know, where, where do you draw the line? I don't think it's about whether you draw a line on how much you have to spend on a game. I think it's how much do you want to support the continued development for it and what's monetarily sound for, for your certain situation. Cause some people can afford all of the cosmetics in Pirate Emporium and they're happy with that and they like supporting it because they enjoy that content. Uh, other people don't have to spend a dime on it and still earn all the benefits for all the development that they've had over the last two and a half plus years um, making the game. So when you get things like Season Pass and Pirate Emporium and microtransactions and things like that, those to me are avenues that you can choose to get to the same destination, which is to support the developers for future content uh, with the game. Um, You want them to work on things. You want them to bring things. No one's asking you or no one's telling you you have to spend the money. They're just saying, here are the here are the the things that we're giving you in exchange for continued investment. So I guess I'm I'm just trying to 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 lay out like if it wasn't for Sea of Thieves continuing development, um, you probably wouldn't have jumped into the game. So at, at what point do you feel like you you would want to spend more money on the game because of the enjoyment, the amount of time that you spent on that? Like, is there anything that would draw you to spending more money on it? Oh, I've spent more money on the game several times. I just I, I'm going back to my original statement. I just don't believe in the, the business model of the, the battle pass. I don't think it's fun. I think the seasons isn't fun, but like uh, charity being one example, um, most of the charity sales that they've released, I have bought because I personally enjoy supporting charity. And so I think it's fantastic that Sea of Thieves have done uh, multiple uh, charity drive sales, multiple incentivized uh, sales in game that actually go and help uh, real world charities. I think that's phenomenal. And I don't really know of any other games that do that kind of thing. So. For me, that was like, that was a huge, like, absolutely, please take my money. Um, thank you for doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was a brilliant move. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to be able to see those things. And hopefully they'll continue more in the future, uh, spreading, spreading more of the charity work around to, to give us yeah. ways to support them. Um, Abs- and and yeah, anytime they do something like that, like, I think that that's really, you know, if, as a consumer, if I know that my money is going somewhere, uh, that helps someone directly, like actually supporting a charity, I am much more inclined to spend than if I, I'm, you know, it's just going to the developers. Like, I understand that developers have to continue developing, but like they get money from other things than just the people buying the game. Like they've got investors, they've got companies backing them. The developers are doing just fine mm-hmm. and they will do just fine. Like they planned Sea of Thieves to be a live service model. They planned Sea of Thieves to have uh, you know, the Pirate Emporium update, like they've planned all of this stuff well, well, well ahead in advance. They know what they're doing. I have never questioned that once. I just personally, as a consumer, don't enjoy the battle pass system. And I just, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. If I'm being perfectly honest, I've played it before. I've done it before mm-hmm. in other games and, uh, I know what it is. I know how it works. I just, I'm not in love with the concept. 
I love that the developers are still continuing to add to the game. And I think it's fantastic how they continue to like uh, make new fun and exciting content for us. Like vaults came out of nowhere. Uh, the ghost ships came out of absolutely nowhere. I remember the first time I saw the ghost ships, the way that they were circling the island, that blew my mind. Yeah, I love the way that they continually change the game. And back to one of your original statements, uh, how when they released the game, there wasn't a lot of content. It's exactly for that reason that I held off from playing Sea of Thieves. I kept my eyes on it for quite a long time, uh, watching various other streamers. There wasn't enough to, to interest me for quite some time until... Uh, I don't remember which update it was. I think it was after the volcanoes came in. So that would have been the Forsaken Ashes update, uh, I think it's uh, Forsaken it Shores was September, October of uh, 2017, or no, yeah, 2018. So it would have been Shrouded Spoils in uh, November. And if Summit was playing when you were watching it and hadn't jumped in, that I started been, in January. Okay, yeah, that would have been that probably would have Very been the Build Red Adventures and the Mercenary updates. Yeah. So at that point, there was like there was a st substantial amount of content in the game, and they'd already said they'd been on record multiple times saying we've got more, we've got more. So for me at that point, like it was the perfect storm. It was the perfect time of okay, wow, there's a lot of stuff in this game. And there's a lot more cool stuff coming. Like, yep, I'm in. I'm invested. Yeah. Uh, having come from another video game community that was just kind of closing itself out, the Darwin Project community where I had made a name for myself as a caster and commentator, I wanted something that had that new, fun, and exciting uh, feel. And I saw the potential for Sea of Thieves with all of the big-name streamers getting into it and playing it. Uh, CDN the third made his Spirate games, and that was fun and exciting. And that kind of gave me the drive and desire to want to get more involved in the competitive stuff. So, like, I love the way that Sea of Thieves works and the the way that it evolves and more content kind of uh, appears in the seas before you. But just the way that they've taken the monetary route, uh, I'm not. And I think you know, I don't. I don't think I've been way too far off banks base saying that I don't love it but i just i don't love it mm -hmm. yeah and you know i understand they got to make money i understand you know people got to feed their kids and i just i don't love the season pass system i i would love something different you know i like spending money obviously i think most people like spending money i don't have a lot of money to spend though so i have to be very careful how i spend it yeah uh, i think a lot of folks are in that instance and thankfully mm -hmm. rare's committed to ensuring that future content will be available for everyone um it's it's yet to be known whether or not the season system will work for sea of thieves or not uh it seems like they've invested a lot of time and energy into to trying to make sure that this is going to be a, a solid way for them to maintain uh in income that you know they want it to be profitable not just break even so we'll, we'll have oh, to absolutely. see uh we'll have to see how I, that goes to be honest i hope it does work for for rare because you know, if they are profitable, that means only good things for the game and for the community. And I love the game. You know, the more attention that they get to pour into it, if they have more money as a studio, they can more pour more uh, attention into it with more uh, dev focus and have, you know, it, it's just, it's all good. It just adds and adds and adds to positive things. So to be perfectly honest, I do hope it works out for uh, Rare. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a good feeling it probably will. It seems like they've they've spent a lot of effort in. They've talked to other studios as far as uh, setting this up. Um, 
I'm I'm curious to know how the second season will go more than the first season because I think similar to the way microtransactions went, I think a lot of people will will jump on board to support and it will be up to the devs to prove that the future seasons are continued investment uh, for, for the community. Um, as we kind of close things up, uh, where, where can people get a, a hold of you or where can people actually kind of find your content if they want to come say hi, uh, watch your stream, see you shoutcast? Uh, well, I would absolutely love anybody that wants to come and check me out. I stream on Twitch TV. Uh, I'm Potter Sauce on Twitch TV. I'm Potter Sauce pretty much everywhere except for Twitter. That one was already taken by some girl in the States. So I'm Mr. Potter Sauce with an underscore, Mr. Underscore Potter Sauce on Twitter. But everywhere else, I'm just just plain old Potter Sauce. Awesome. And that I'll have your links to your content in the show notes if folks want to get a hold of you. Um, that's going to do it. Uh, any any closing thoughts or anything you want to share with uh, with the community as we head out? Uh, I, I honestly am just very excited for the future of Sea of Thieves, and I'm excited for the future of uh, the community to grow and expand and blossom. And you know, hopefully, we get some more fun stuff coming in uh, in the future past seasons, like maybe more focus with custom games or whatever it is that they do. I believe in the developers and I believe in their vision and I think it's going to be great. But honestly, I'm just really happy you had me on the show, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Appreciate you reaching out. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, I hope everyone has a good night. We're going to hopefully get some more content uh, news soon. I, I imagine, what is it? The the 10th now, um, second Wednesday, I think of, of the month or third Wednesday of the month, they usually put out a CN news update. So if you're listening to this, there's hopefully a good chance that you know more about what's coming on the 20th than we do. Uh, and, and we'll probably touch on that in the next episode with any luck. Uh, Potter Sauce, thanks for, for hanging out with me, taking some time on your weekend to come say hi. And I'm glad you had a, a relaxing Sunday. And uh, we will definitely have to talk in the future. My pleasure. Thank you very much. For sure. Thanks, man. Are you interested in starting a podcast, but you don't know how to get started? Are you concerned that your podcast just isn't reaching the audience that you're trying to reach? Well, this is Robots from the Robots Radio Network, and I have a podcast for you. It is the Podcast Creator's Guide. You can check it out here at robotsradio.net on any podcatcher and listen every week for quick tips and updates for how to get you started and growing your podcast even faster. Check it out today. The Podcaster's Creator's Guide. 
Hey, hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.